Welcome to Tea Time with Monica. Are you ready to spill some tea? Hello loves, welcome to Tea Time with Monica. Today's tea is all about womb health with Dr. Tamara Rose. Now let me give you the tea on Dr. Tamara. Chosen, consecrated, and initiated at 13, Dr. Tamara is a spiritual, bewitching, magical, wild chick, a sacred womb healing, ordained minister, hoodoo spiritual practitioner, clinical sex therapist, author and speaker with more than 30 years of experience in womb wellness and women's sexuality. Now, trust me, she's got that academics, you guys. She holds a doctorate in philosophy in human sexuality, PhD, a doctorate in human sexuality, DHS, master's of social work degree with, with various other degrees. She, is, um, she also holds several sexuality-related re- certificates, including sex therapy, clinical sexology, and goddess steam womb healing, which is very popular now, just to name a few. So welcome, Dr. Tamara. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited and so honored to be able to have this conversation with you. So thank you so much for considering me. Yes, I, I'm excited because like I said, the the womb steaming is healing is very popular now. And I've actually been researching the sacral soul chakra, you know, healing and all that stuff. So let's just get into it. Um I want to begin with a quote from you this time. I always begin with quotes, but I found the quote on your website, very telling of what we're going to speak about. So you say, we are so disconnected from our bodies that we fail to understand and or utilize the power that we possess simply because we are women. Now, can you elaborate on this disconnect women have with their bodies and the power we possess? Absolutely. You know, um, just given the way that women are socialized in society through all these, what I call the dimensions of sexuality, which would include our mental dimension, physical dimension, social, emotional, spiritual, and um, um, uh, biochemical, energetical, political, institutional, systemic, historical, ancestral, like all of these different dimensions, yeah. we have... First of all, a lot of us don't even really begin to understand that we reside as an individual within all of these dimensions in um, every area of our life. And Mm. so because of that, we are so disconnected from ourselves. When I say selves, I'm talking about our higher selves and the power that we possess simply because we are women. You know, we forget that we have the power to bring forth life literally and figuratively into this world. And because we're disconnected from our bodies, we don't understand that. And we're disconnected because the way sexuality in and of itself is conceptualized in society. You know, um, the definition that we're given about sexuality, for the most part, women are people, women are minimized to our bodies. Mm -hmm. in terms of reproduction, in terms of sexual pleasure. But beyond that, we we don't see the other side, the beauty of who we are, the power that we possess. And so because of that, given in, in addition to giving all the other things that we go through, the other issues, I call it, we've become disconnected and, and disjointed and created this system of duality where, you know, we know we're this sexual being, but we don't mm-hmm. know how to really navigate it. No, we don't well, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I can understand that because you're right. We don't, there is a disconnect. And I can see like with all those different realms that you just talked about, how we don't see ourselves as individuals in each of those. 
And so mm-hmm. now, I, now I'm getting more of what you're saying. I like this. <laughs> so let's just talk about your journey into womb wellness and women's sexuality. What was your journey like? You know, I knew that, like I told you, I was chosen, consecrated, and initiated for this work. I didn't realize at the time, of course, how extensive, how deep, how spiritual, and how profound and life-changing that mm-hmm. my experience in this field would be. So I started probably personally from about five or six years old, seeing my mother go through reproductive health issues and not really understanding what she was going through. Because at the time, um, especially male physicians did not understand women's reproductive health. Right. I mean, there was no such thing as reproductive justice back then. And so my mother, actually, I would say now that I'm sitting here having this conversation with you, you that she was, a, um, she was really in the field of reproductive justice before there was such a thing because she was advocating for herself because she knew that there was something wrong with her body mm-hmm. and come to find out she had endometriosis. And so seeing her that even seeing her go through that, even as a young girl, I'm, I made a vow to myself that I would never let any other woman or girl experience what my mother experienced because just to see her be frustrated, be disappointed, be belittled, you know, by mm-hmm. folks telling her that she had a mental health disorder, like she's crazy, something's wrong with you. There's, we don't see anything through the testing that we're doing, but they didn't understand the nature of endometriosis. And then just um, being that space where growing up, all of my girlfriends used to come to my house and my mom would talk to us about sex because my grandmother didn't talk to my mother. So she decided to break that intergenerational cycle. Right. Um, to talk to me about sexuality, but she didn't talk to me just from a physical standpoint. She talked to me about the emotional standpoint of sexuality as well. And like I said, my house was a safe house for all of my little girlfriends at the time. I would think that if they can't talk to their parents, their cousins, sisters, or older family members, then how many other young teenage girls don't have this safe space? And so it was at that point, probably around the age of 13, that I said, you know what? Yeah, I need to be a sex therapist. And my idea of being a sex therapist was to be that safe space for women and girls to have conversations about sexuality, Mm. about their bodies, um, to be able to be comfortable. And then just also given the fact that sexuality is stigmatized and taboo in particularly communities of colors, I wanted to be that person. I said, well, if other black women And little girls see another black woman and little girl out here having conversation in such a profound way, an authentic and unapologetic way about sexuality, they would know that it was okay to do so too. And to own their body, to have agency over it, to to, to protect themselves, but to also be able to navigate pleasure. And so that was the bulk of my career um, in sexuality. But then it was interesting is that I was having conversations about sexuality in a very special way because spirit has always gifted me to have this knowing about sexuality with the dimensions I mentioned earlier. So I was saying these things, but I didn't have what I call that knowing, that higher level knowing until, you know, some years later. And it kind of just transcended to where I am now to the womb space because spirit told me, you know, life begins in the womb. And in order to really truly impact women around sexuality and change lineages and legacies, you're going to have to start with the womb because that's where the babies come from. Right. Yeah. Um, so working with the womb, making sure that it's even in a fertile space to be able to conceive and what what goes into conception, the birth story, because all of these things shape us before we even come into this world. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in order to truly um, impact lineages and legacies, I had to start with the womb space. Yeah. So you, here I am. <laughs> I see. So how did your mother react at such a young, what people consider such a young age to say that they want to work in the field of sex and as a sex therapist? What was her reaction? 
Oh, it took her back. She was like, say what now? <laughs> and all my 13 year olds where I'm like you know I want I know what I'm supposed to do like I want to be a sex therapist and oh she was like okay what does that mean to you the reason why I think she took it better than most parents would have taken it is because she's a therapist herself oh, so she, okay yeah she was like well I know that it's coming from a place um of, of therapy so like she knew that I wasn't talking about anything other than therapy, but she really wanted to make sure that I knew what I was saying. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I just want for people to be able to come talk to me about sex. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, we got that. You know, I can okay. help you with that. And so she was, she's always been very supportive, you know, um, in, in my career and making sure that I, you know, was able to, you know, accomplish the things that I wanted to accomplish. And she's been there along the way supporting me. So yeah, she was cool with it when she really understood what I meant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've, you, you said you've been doing this for 30 years and yeah. I know you've worked with um, the bedroom candy company. So mm-hmm. what was, what was that like? Cause I know you've like, you've spoken at their conventions and helping all those women help other women. What was that like for you? You know, it was so interesting when I got the invitation to speak at Bedroom Candy um, because when the lady asked me, she was like, you know, she was like, you are amazing. She was like, you really need to speak at our conference. And I was like, what? And so this was um, their second year in business. And she was like, but the thing about it is they don't really know who you are. Like, you don't have a big name. And I was like, I get that right, you know. (laughs) and so the very first time I went to the convention you know it was so interesting I was supposed to actually speak on that Saturday um I got bumped because Mm -hmm. another speaker came in who I shall not name and spoke on that Saturday they were like well we thought she wasn't gonna come in so now we gotta move you and I was like oh you know and so I was like oh my god like because we were kind of similar in the work that we did Mm -hmm. and so I kind of got a little intimidated because this person is you know, they have a celebrity behind them. And so I was like, dang, you know, I was kind of crushed. But, and then on Sunday morning, they were supposed to uh, upload my PowerPoint. But for whatever reason, some equipment did not <laughs> didn't <laughs> didn't have equipment. And so there was no PowerPoint for me. And I was like, what am I going to do? And at the time, my then husband, he was like, do what you do. You were born for this. He was like, you don't need a PowerPoint. And he was like, just get up there and talk. You know, this is your, this is who you are. And right. I was like, okay. And so by then, then I had just published I Am Sex. So what I did was I started with an opener. um, I did an activity. And then I started to read from my book after the icebreaker. And by the time I finished, the whole room was on their feet, you know. And um, I was like, okay, spirit, show up and do what you do. I mean, because literally spirit just spoke through me and moved the room. And it was so beautiful because when I walked out, I was getting ready to go and leave. I had a line of women of the consultants following me out, like half of the room at least, to buy my book and ask me questions. So needless to say, from that experience, I've been going ever since. I'm not sure what year this is for them in business, but I've been um, the keynote speaker every year. And then I've also done some of the, the training um, mm-hmm. for the consultants, you know, uh, then also my, my book, I am sex is actually a, a part of their, um, official product line as one of the tools to train newly new consultants that come into the company. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about this. I am sex book then. So it's training them. I mean, some of us might need to get it and train ourselves. Yes. I am sex. You know, 
as a sex therapist, I had arrived at this point, right, in my career where I said, you know what, I have to write a book about sex because I am a sex therapist and I am sex, you know, and it was something that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wrote it the way Spirit gave me to write it. And um, it's a book about the complexities of women's sexuality. So, so it just doesn't focus on pleasure. Um, right. Pleasure is like the last part of that book because I figure if you get all of these other things, you unpack your ish, so to speak, then you can have pleasure. You can experience pleasure. So it talks about why women have sexual, uh, why women have sex in the first place, it, it, based on some research. Then it talks mm-hmm. about the different models of human sexuality. Um, and then I put forth my own model of human sexuality, which is a more in my in my um opinion, a comprehensive model of sexuality. It breaks down the female reproductive health system, the parts, the, um, as well as conditions that we experience. And it discuss why women has had this sort of disjointed relationship with sexuality. It's a pretty good book, if I say so myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the services you give now. Tell us about the uh, Sacral Soul services. Like, I'm interested in like the the God esteem and womb services, like I mentioned, but the soul guidance and the the healing and the birthing, like give us an overview. Yeah, so Sacral Soul Divine Feminine Womb Wellness is my most recent recent venture. Um, and it's really all about, like I mentioned earlier, healing the womb, because that's where all life begins, whether it's literally or figuratively, because of the sacral chakra, which are our energy centers in our body. We mm-hmm. have hundreds of them but we usually primarily only hear about seven of them and the sacral chakra is the second one that um which is responsible for um reproductive health it's responsible for our authenticity it's the birthplace of our creativity it's the birthplace of life life like i said whether it's a baby or whether you're birthing a business or something into this world and mm-hmm. so spirit said in order to really impact people you're gonna have to really focus on that sacral chakra space healing that space um okay. literally figuratively and and so that's how Sacral um, Soul, which is my business, was, was formed. And so within that, some of the services that I offer are the womb, the, the goddess womb healing, um, which mm-hmm. comes in the form of a yoni steam, crystal grid healing, um, rebirthing, um, red tent ceremonies for women and for girls. Um, we also do um, abdominal uh, stimulation, uh, uh, abdominal clay wraps. Then there's also the soul guidance and the intuitive healing, which is basically, um, it's almost like therapy, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit different because you sit with me, we would have a conversation like you and I are having. I would identify some themes per spirit um, that you're going through in your life that you need to kind of dress and address and work on and heal. And then we would meet like we would meet like on a FaceTime or something like this, Zoom meeting. Um, and then we would just kind of unpack all of those different themes over your life. Because at the end of the day, if your sacral soul, a sacral chakra is blocked, you can't bring forth life, you know? And that's that energy that we either hold in that space um, that mm-hmm. can, that prevents us from, um, you know, just being whole and healthier. And, and, and if it's not whole and healthy, then we experience diseases, physical diseases, or dis-ease, which is like mental health challenges, stress, yeah. anxiety, like all of those different things. Yeah. So that's that actually you answered one of my questions that I had about how how do you do the sessions are do they have to be in person do you do them like on a zoom so that you're seeing your patients like how do you do that and then is the assessment different or how does that work. 
So it depends on what service you're having. If you're actually doing a goddess steam, a yoni steam, a V steam, a vaginal steam, as they all are called, as it's called, um, you have to do that in person. Um, you would come to my space, and of course, we would do that in person. I do a comprehensive assessment. Like, I don't work with anybody, especially um, around any herbal products that I make, because I also make uh, sacral blends. Um, and I don't work with anybody unless I've given them an assessment because the danger of that is people don't understand that although herbs are natural, there still could be some type of contraindication with medications that you're taking or mm -hmm. um, any type of physical disease that you may have, like high blood pressure, diabetes, and all of these different things. And so it's so important that you have that assessment. Um, and then people don't also understand if you have certain conditions, you can't steam, you shouldn't do a yoni steam or a, a, a goddess steam or a vaginal steam. And so it's important to me that I have that assessment, not just on a physical level, but also a mental level. Where are you mentally? Because sometimes people have spiritual experiences while they're releasing or they have an energetical experience and start to release during a yoni steam. And so I need to know mentally, where are you energetically? Where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? Where are you? So that I can make sure that I'm providing you with the support that you need. Because there's been times where women will start crying and they have no idea why they're crying. Oh, wow. You know, and it's a release because you're releasing energy, you know, mm -hmm. toxins that have been built up in your bloodstream, in your DNA, encoding in your cellular structure. And so it's so important that I know all of this before you go in. Right. right? Yeah. And so, and, and if we're doing, of course, the abdominal clay wraps, anything that's more of the physical services, I have to see you in person. Okay. But when we talk about like the talk services, which would be like the soul guidance type of a service, I can do that either in person or via um, an online platform. Okay. Now, could someone do any of this soul cleansing on their own? Like, because I've seen some YouTubes on people talking about how to cleanse your sacral chakra with, with different stones and candles and um, guidance on like writing down the names of the people that you may have had sex with and burning it and doing that. So talk to me, what is that like? So let me give you, cause I'm real and I'm honest and very transparent. Let me just give you the honest answer on that. And it is what it is for me. Um, yeah, you can do it, but should you do it? Not necessarily all the time. Okay. Because again, what happens is, first of all, you might not be prepared for what you're releasing, number yeah. one. And you might not have the capacity to process why you're experiencing grief and anxiety and depression in that moment. Something may, when you start to go through the healing process or you start to have an awakening process um, or you start your spiritual journey, Sometimes we access parts of our brain that we're not prepared to deal with because the way trauma is stored in the brain is stored in fragmented pieces to protect us. And so when we start the healing process, what happens is we start to trigger one piece to be reintegrated into another piece. So imagine like a jigsaw puzzle and all mm -hmm. of these pieces are coming together until you have a whole picture. And sometimes we're not really ready to process what our, sub I mean, our unconscious mind has held from us all of these years. And so Oftentimes, the reason why people stop the healing process is because they're not prepared to deal with what's coming up. And it can get mm -hmm. tough, it can get deep, and it can get dark. And then that's one part of it. And then the second part of it is that crystals, 
They're beautiful. They work. Um, meditation is great. It's not for everybody because if you have an overactive mind or anxiety, meditation is not going to work for you. And, but you're sitting here trying to force yourself to do something that's not a tool that you should be using. Mm. Um, and then you have all the other things, essential oils and Reiki and all of these sorts of things. Yes, you can do them on your own, but you need to kind of understand that those are tools. That's not healing. Those are tools. That's not healing. There are things that you use to support the process of healing. Healing is really digging into the shadows of your soul, which I call, um, which is digging into your unconscious to access those things that are buried so deep that you can pull them up and heal them. That's okay. healing. Okay. So we need some guidance on these things. We can't, because I've seen so many YouTubes on it. You know, everybody uh, goes to the YouTube university at times yeah. when they're learning. <laughs> YouTube University. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you learn a lot. And, yes. you know, it's like I said, people go there, they listen, and they try to figure out these things on their own. And they aren't an expert like you who's had the work, who's done the studying, who's done the research and knows what they're doing. So mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that because I don't want anybody out there, audience, I do not want you out there doing these things on your own and not being prepared, like Dr. Tamara said, yes. what's coming. Yes. I mean, by all means, please do your research because even when I work with people, I tell them do your research, know what you're getting yourself into, you know, go to YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, and do the research. But at the same time, be prepared, you know, like you just uh, said, for what could potentially happen as a result of trying to do this work on your own. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. So I guess I need some guidance on these things. <laughs> So let's talk about the master classes. Like, what's the difference between the services and these master classes? Because I saw some on your website about, um, which kind of I'm interested in, the healing master class, the womb wounds, and the female orgasmic magic full moon workshop. What's the difference? Yeah, so the master classes um, and just the regular classes, if you will, like the full moon um, orgasmic workshop, that's just a regular class you take online. You go online mm -hmm. and you take the class. The master classes are actually classes that I used to teach live via um, an online platform like we're doing now. And then afterwards, with that, those classes, you got the individual soul guidance sessions in combination with the class. So mm -hmm. that was a little bit different, whereas just a regular class is just something that you kind of do on your own. The master class. You were really you were taking the class, but also working with me at the same time. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I like that. Well, I like I said, I'm interested. I might need to come and get come some get some questions. <laughs> so, um, so how do you once you you know what's the assessment like? Because we talked a little about like you said, you need to do the assessment before you actually start the work. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what that assessment is like. What should someone expect? It's very, it's very laid back and relaxed conversation, very similar to what you and I are doing now. I just asked you, you know, what, what, pretty much like, why are you here? Like, what, what, what brought you to this particular moment where you sought me out? What's going on for you in your life that you feel that you're at this space where you're ready to work? And what does that mean for you? And we just kind of have a conversation. And during the conversation, I'm listening with a spiritual ear to, to try to understand what the root of your problem is. Because if you work with me, I'm all about getting to your root. And the reason why I say that is because because mm -hmm. I, I thought I had done the work and healed myself. And one day spirit was like, oh, that's cute. You did some work, but it was surface level work. And I'm gonna have mm -hmm. to break you, right? So that you can really truly understand the anatomy of healing and what it really means to heal. Because we have a cute surface level of healing in our society, which is why we, we have a lot of people um, who um, 
are still walking around angry, still walking around full of disease and dis-ease because they really truly haven't pulled up the root. And when you don't pull up the root, it continues to grow and multiply and divide. <laughs> I sound like a gremlin. <laughs> if you will, right, because you haven't pulled up that root. And my work through spirit is to help people identify that root and really pull it up and take them to the next level of their knowing, their authenticity, so that they can walk in their soul's purpose. And so it's just a conversation that we have. I pull out some themes and then I say, hey, okay, this is the plan that spirit put together for you based on these particular things. Like, so for example, it might be the mother wound or the father wound. It might be understanding the role of grief, betrayal, and, you know, um, disappointment in your life. It might be understanding your pattern of relationships um, so that you can break that cycle. It may be work around the sacral chakra because if you, especially if you had any sexual trauma, any miscarriages, any abortions, anything like that, that sacral chakra is going to come up. Um, and then it's really looking at um, your authenticity um, sometimes may come up or really, um, do you truly believe who you say you are? Do you truly believe what you say that you believe? And if so, then how do we embody that in a way that's authentic? And so it could be different things. Like I've had clients who've had 11 sessions. I've had clients who've had five. So it's truly individualized and tailored to what you need. No program is the same unless you take like a master class. That's a set curricula. But when you work through the soul guidance and individual healing program, it's truly tailored to that individual. Wow. So you mentioned about like the different relationships, breaking those different ties or going through that deep work. So another one that I know um, that I'm hearing is like the cutting the cords and cleansing your sexual energy. That is very popular now because a lot of people um, in my age range yeah. um, are thinking about past relationships, especially if you're single, like breaking the ties with your sexual partners. Mm-hmm. What is that like? Because I know you've probably done plenty of sessions like that. Yes, you know, it's so funny because it's, it, when you get an opportunity, there's actual an article on my website about mm-hmm. sexual energy and cutting those ties. Um, I've done a lot of work with, with uh, individuals and couples on that because, you know, the thing about it is every time we have sex with someone, um, especially as the internal partner, we're receiving that person's energy inside of us. Mm-hmm. Now, if we think about the fact that we might have unprotected sex and this person ejaculates in us. Not only are we receiving their energy, but we're literally receiving their physical DNA, their imprints that they have. And mm-hmm. so now we have our own ancestral imprints. We have their ancestral imprints and every lover that they're tied to and connected to. And then we wonder why we're angry, stressed out and experiencing dissonance and duality. It's because that energy, because energy is never destroyed. It's only transferred. Yes, it is. Right. And so if we don't cut ourselves away from that energy, if we don't cleanse ourselves away from that energy, it stays on us and it covers us and it buries us under all of these layers of shame, embarrassment, doubt, guilt, and all of these things, and even physical diseases that we ultimately have to peel back and cut ourselves away from and free ourselves up so that we're able to experience our sexuality in a completely different way. Now, can this session be done like, is it different for everybody on how long it takes to really cleanse that sexual energy? Um, and does that depend on sexual partners or just what you're going through? It depends on everything because see the work that I do is about changing ancestral imprints. Mm-hmm. And so it may be going back three or four generations, clearing that karmic debt, right? Um, that's tied to your lineage through sexuality. Right. So, yeah. So it could, depending on what spirit, ooh, I'm sorry, I'm getting chills. Depending on what <laughs> spirit has identified for you will depend on how deep and intense our work is. And yes, this is something that can take place either in person or over, um, you know, on, on online platform. 
Okay. But it's intense. It is, in, it is so intense. And sometimes it's super intense for me because when I do, I might like do a reading for this person or get a divine message from this person. And I can literally embody the energy of a person. So for example, I was doing a reading on this one person and I could literally feel her energy so intense that I was having pains in my womb space. Wow. And that energy was being transferred. So how do you release it once you've worked with somebody and you're feeling their energy? How do you do release that? Myself. I do a lot of cleansing myself. I might okay. take um, a, a spiritual bath or I might do um, some uh, a, 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 a cleansing shower or I might just kind of smudge myself or, or use... Um, uh, keep some um, black onyx or, or, or protective stone around me when I'm doing some of the sessions. Okay. Yeah, but I have to. And sometimes, like, it'll just completely wipe me off. Like, I might even get physical symptoms, like being sick, um, mm-hmm. because it takes so much energy. And people don't understand. I'm like, well, yo, this is for real. This is serious. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I totally know it is. And um, don't be surprised if I call you after this for some sessions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, because... It's all interesting to me, but I know, like, I'm doing some spiritual work myself, so, Mm -hmm. and going through therapy again, um, like I said, again. So, I mean, this is all very interesting, and I'm just, you know, intrigued by the work that you're doing and how you do it. And so, you know, I'm glad we get to share this with my audience so that they can do this spiritual guidance with you or with someone who really knows the work like you do. So let's talk about something in, in your blog. Cause I, I guess I was snooping around on the website. <laughs> you have a blog about being in love. And I think when people come to you for this work, that they are thinking about being in love, but they're not necessarily talking about it with themselves, but that's what this blog talks about. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the stress and how we um, have fear of being, um, being on the other side of joy. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, you know, we are, if you even think about what's going on right now with this pandemic, we are such a fear-based society. Mm-hmm. And because we're so driven by fear, it keeps us stuck, it keeps us stagnant, it keeps us from experiencing the other side of joy. But when you walk, when you begin to learn to walk and move and breathe and operate from a space and place of love, mm-hmm. that changes everything for you. Um, and you start to open up to vulnerability. You start to open up to um, just just having your heart open and not worrying about how others perceive you or what your experience with someone else may be like because you understand that all things work together and everything that spirit does is good and it's all for the greater um, purpose of love and so yeah just to be able to um experience that and embody that peace that comes with being open all of these things when you get to that space and place in your life it helps to move you closer to joy and then eventually to the other side of joy where joy is your lifestyle and it's who you are it's not just a place or an emotion that you experience and that's what i like to try to do with the folks i work with i like for you to embody these things so that that's who you are it's not just an experience that you have every now and then right so how do we deal with when we when we're the fear, I think, for most people is that they have to go through the darkness first. They have to deal with that dark side. <laughs> if you look, if you guys can see her, she's getting all squirmy like, yes, you're learning. But no. Um, so I think that, like I said, the, the fear is dealing with that darkness to get to that joy. And I think mm-hmm. that's what scares us because 
sub- like you, I know it's in your subconscious, but you know it's something that you have to deal with that you've just buried. Yes. So how do you bring people out into the light? Yes, here's the thing. Everything that comes into the light is born of the dark. Uh-huh. Everything. A baby is born in the darkness. It starts out as an egg inside of the uterus and multiplies and divides, you know, divides into, I mean, in the ovaries and it multiplies and divides once it's fertilized, goes into the uterus. It's all happening in the dark. Right. You know, it's growing and developing, it comes into the world. It's the light. Back in the day, you know, we used to develop photos in the dark. They were negatives. Right. They developed in a dark room and out of the dark room came this beautiful image. Seeds are planted in the darkness of the earth. They grow and they blossom into these beautiful trees, these beautiful flowers. So I like to help people to understand the point of darkness. It's a container for growth. Mm-hmm. It's a container for beauty. It's a container for greatness. And when you start to shift your experience with the darkness and how you view and conceptualize the darkness, you start to understand the purpose for the darkness. And it's so interesting that you say that because, you know, some time ago, you know, when I was doing some womb mudras and meditation, um, I, I asked my womb space, I said, well, what is your name? You know, and mm-hmm. she came up with the name Lilith. And I was like, who the hell is Lilith? You know, so <laughs> I've done some research. And when I found out who Lilith was, she was a dark goddess, like all these horrible things about Lilith. And I was like, there's no way that my womb space is named this dark goddess named Lilith. You know, but as I continue to research and spirit continue to work with me and teach me and, and humble me, I realized that, yeah, I am Lilith because Lilith helped to make me who I am. And see, that's the challenge. When we don't embrace our light and our dark, we experience mm-hmm. duality and dissonance because we are denying an essential part of who we are. And we're fighting back and forth. It's our higher vibration and our lower vibration, dark and light. I like to call it the integration of the two rivers. When you integrate them, you become your authentic self. And when you start to understand the container, the darkness is just a container for growth. And when you understand that once you just go ahead and go on through it, you're going to come out on the other side of joy. Now, will it hurt? Yeah. Is it going to be painful? Yes. Um, Is it necessary? Indeed, if you want to come to the other side of joy. That's why I encourage people to do this work with someone who can guide them through it. Because it's in that dark space that most people give up, whether it's figuratively or whether it's literally. Mm. So you mentioned you asked your womb space like who she was. So do you do that with your patients? Like your, the people do they? So everyone gets to learn the name. Yes. Oh. And it's so interesting because some some of my my beautiful souls I work with um, that exercise. Like I'm gonna get some deep stuff. So that's one of the exercises they do the womb space naming. Sometimes I work with folk. We do a rebirthing ceremony where you actually go back through a whole birthing process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we do also some journaling. We do an activity where we work with the little girl in, inside of ourselves. I mean, we do a physical exercise where we're carrying around luggage to really feel how heavy it is. And all the stuff that you've been carrying, yeah. like, we go deep. We go oh, okay. deep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm there through the entire process. So, like, when someone works with me, it's not like we just meet once a week and I'm done. You, you, you kind of take me through the week. I give you homework assignments. And it's just, like, it's a powerful transformation for a lot of the people that I work with. Yeah. Very so, it's, it's basically someone coming to terms with they want to do the work to get to that other side of joy. You have to want to do the work. Well, and, and I'm curious to know, what is it like finding that joy in your womb and then how it guides you through life? 
Listen, I have never been so happier. And I don't even want to say happy because that cannot even really describe the state of being that I have or the state of the space that I'm in. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing. Do I have darker days? Absolutely. Right. But do I sit in them? Nah. Mm -hmm. And when I do, I sit with joy because I know what's coming out on the other side. It's something beautiful and something so amazing. And so for me, this transformation, this growth, this process, this journey has been so awesome. And it's funny when like when I talk to people who kind of been following me for years, they, they're like, what did you do? You, like, yeah. you know, how did you arrive at this space? Because I think I've been knowing you, you know, virtually for some years now. Yeah, we have known each other virtually for some years. And this is the first time we've ever had this conversation and had this type of interview to really learn your work. Yeah, I, I, I love it. And, I, and, and like I said, you know, I, I never imagined, I never knew that I would be at this space. I always knew that I would be the field of sexuality, but how? Um, I, I didn't know, but this, I, yeah, I'm just here and I love mm. it. I reside in it. I own it. I embody it and it, it works for me. It works for me. Well, I am glad you are here and that you found how to heal yourself, but also sharing that with so many, so many women. But I have a question. Do you ever work with men? Do men ever come to you for any type of healing? Yeah. You know, I do a lot of work with men. Um, they, I have several clients who come for readings. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also, because keep in mind now, the sacral chakra is in both human beings. Yes. It's embodied differently. So they still have that energy that can be stagnant as well um, in that sacral, in that sacral uh, chakra. So, but yeah, I work with men. Um, I don't do a lot of work with men because my passion and my purpose um, is women. It mm -hmm. is women because that's what spirit told me. It's definitely women. But I do work with men, like I said, for readings and um, just general guidance at times. But my in-depth work is usually with women. Does it work with any trans women or gay men or does it matter, you know, do they come to you no matter what? No matter what, I've worked across all ethnicities, all sexual identities, genders, gender roles, gender, uh, sexual orientations, you know, race, countries. It doesn't matter. I keep my space open for those who need it. Um, but like I said, when it comes to doing the more in-depth work on men, I'm going to usually refer them out because... As a practitioner, you have to, you have a professional responsibility to know your limitations because my creed is to do no harm. Right. You know, and I stop at certain points when I know that either A, I don't have an interest um, or B, I don't have the experience or the expertise or B, I just, just don't want to do it. I'm not going to work with you. And if there's no, and if there's not an authentic connection between me and the person that I'm doing, providing soul guidance for, I won't work with them either. I'm not a, see, for me, I'm not about the money. I'm about, I would rather that you, don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm going to make my coins, but I would right. rather work with somebody, first of all, who wants, who wants to do this work, but then also who we have an authentic connection. Because again, one of the major things, especially when you come, when you look at traditional therapy, which, you know, like you said, I have an MSW, so I do have that clinical therapy side, is that mm -hmm. therapeutic relationship. If that therapeutic relationship is not in place, the person's not going to show up for themselves or for you. And so that's one of the, that's why people say therapy don't work. Well, it's because a therapeutic relationship doesn't work for you. And you have to know that. And as a therapist, you should be able to tell the client, this is not working for me and you. I'm not serving you in the best way that I can. I'm only creating more damage and doing harm to you by trying to pretend like we had this relationship. Right. You know, 
piece that person out of their care. Um, but a lot of people don't do that because they see the coins, they see the dollars. I'm not like that. Like if we don't have an authentic relationship, if I don't feel like I can serve you, I'm not going to work with you. Well, that, uh, that's good to know because I do know a lot of people, even myself, who have started and stopped therapy on their own because of they don't feel a connection. You know, it's like, oh, this isn't working for me. And we, we stop and though we still don't heal. We have all of that to unpack. So I appreciate that you are, you know, honest about your work and what you will and won't do and what you are equipped to do. And maybe, you know, referring someone to someone else. I really thank you for that because I think that's why so many people have fears mm-hmm. about therapy and different types of healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of people um, that I've worked with have said, you know, I never knew that this was, you know, therapy was like this. I'm like, yeah, you know, it depends on the type of, because it's diff- a lot of people don't know that there's different types of therapy. There's different schools of thought when it mm-hmm. comes to therapy. Um, and then there's therapy that is more on the medical side of things and then you have the spiritual side of things so it's really truly about doing your research and, uh, and, and really um, looking into the person and their work and their belief systems and all those things when you start to find a therapist because everything is not going to work for everybody and I'm not going to work for everybody either so I take that into consideration as well yeah well I, like I said I totally appreciate that and I'm happy that you are guided you know on the you know traditional educational side and the spiritual side because i think combining those really will help people more and more mm-hmm. because you have that dual um that dual education mm-hmm. and that dual work well i am so happy we got to have this conversation yeah. um even though it was quick i i still want audience if you are looking for some healing you want some therapy or you know someone who you've heard is interested in this please do not hesitate to contact Dr. Tamara. And Dr. Tamara, can you let them know how they can contact you and follow your work? Absolutely. Of course, I'm on all social media. I, my, my two favorite is, because I'm getting older, like I can't keep up, like what's well, TikTok? Like I can't keep up with all these. <laughs> I'm like, wait, did I say I'm getting older? Like, somebody said I was middle-aged. I'm like, who are you talking to? <laughs> But um, yeah, um, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram under Dr. Tamara Rose, and it's just D-R-T-A-M-A-R-A, Rose like the flower, R-O-S-E. I respond very quickly by messenger through um, uh, inbox or whatever you call it on Instagram, or you can just simply go to my website, which is sacralsoul.net. Um, my email is Tamara at sacralsoul.net. But I'm, I'm really responsive. I enjoy interacting with people. I, you know, I like to answer mm-hmm. questions. If you have questions, I would rather give you the information that you need to help you make an informed decision, you know, um, in terms of what direction that you need to go for your mm-hmm. healing. All right. Well, thank you so much. And audience, like I said, please don't hesitate to contact Dr. Samara. And thank you for listening to Tea Time with Monica. You've been listening to Tea Time with Monica. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast medium. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And follow me on social media at Monica underscore the curvy diva spelled M-O-N-I-C-A underscore T-H-E-K-U-R-V-Y-D-I-V-A and at Tea Time with Monica.